some scripture, I'll let you be seated and then I'll read the rest of the text. Isaiah chapter 5 and verse number 1. Now will I sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. My beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill. For a few moments tonight, I want to preach to you the song of the vineyard. The song of the vineyard. This is a most exquisite passage of scripture in Isaiah chapter 5. It contains so many elements of what we're trying to do in the house of God and what we're trying to do with our lives. The song of the vineyard. Lord, thank you for your word. I want to be drawn by it. I want to be strengthened by it, excited about what you reveal and give to us. And we ask that your word would be an influence to us, that we would put it into practice, put it into action, that our faith would not be cut off from the action of believing that you are able to do great things. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. By the way, if you've not met this couple right up here on the third row, that is Jamil and Jessica, and they were with us on Sunday, and praise God, amen. And God is doing a work in their life, and we want to say to them that we welcome them to the house of God. The Song of the Vineyard in Isaiah chapter 5. Isaiah is writing, but he is writing and he is speaking in the third person. So it's God that is talking about the vineyard. He's talking about his vineyard. Verse number 2, he continues. And verse number 1 that we read, we know that he has a vineyard in a fruitful hill, and he fenced it and gathered out the stones thereof and planted it with the choicest vine, built a tower in the midst of it, also made a winepress therein, and he looked that it should bring forth grapes, and it brought forth wild grapes. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, I pray you, betwixt me and my vineyard. What could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it? The song of the vineyard. God's talking about a specific vineyard. This is in parable form. God is speaking, and yet at the same time, it is a song. It is a celebration of blessing. It is something to be desired. This vineyard that God is talking about is something that is desired, something that should cause a person to break out in song. The planting of the vineyard and all the elements that take place in the vineyard, carving out an existence and even being able to say you have a vineyard is something extremely to be desired. Something, something that if it is in place, it is to be something that you would break out in song. That's an idiom. When things are going well, things are going great, everything is working like it's supposed to. There are moments in life in which you feel like breaking out into a song. And so in this passage of Scripture, this exquisite passage of Scripture, God is talking about a vineyard that is to be desired. And there are preparations, there are five of them that have been mentioned in this passage that I have read in talking about the vineyard and a productive harvest that can be found. You have to find fertile soil. You have to cultivate the soil. There has to be a selection of good stock. You've got to plant something, and it's got to be something that is planted that you are aware of, that this is quality. I'm planting something of quality in the soil. You have to protect the crop that you plant, and you have to prepare for the harvest and for the storage. And so these steps contain all efforts. They are efforts to establish a vineyard. God says in this passage, what more could I have done to my vineyard? These steps are important. And to establish it, it, it takes some work. It takes some effort. It takes some hard work to accomplish that task. 
Vineyards were desirable. This is something that you desired. It is something in Scripture that is talked about from the very beginning of Scripture to the ending. Jesus refers to parables about vineyards, and many of these elements are found in those passages of Scripture. There's something that is carved out. It takes work. It takes effort, but there is a blessing in knowing that you have a vineyard. There are some steps that you've got to take, and, and, and before I move too fast tonight, my point is in this song of the vineyard in which God is talking to Israel and he's speaking about all these things that he's put in place. You and I are on the quest of producing the same thing that God produced because we are in the image of God. So if God's preparing a vineyard, then you and I should be preparing a vineyard. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight, I didn't come to this house tonight. I didn't come to this place. I didn't come to this relationship and walk with God to do nothing. I came to build something. God has put some things in my hands and he's given me some tasks and some steps to say, you were walking in a realm and in a world in which there was no motivation and influence to do anything with your life. But when you came to God, God said, I'm able to give you the ability to create something for yourself. And not only for yourself, but you'll be a blessing to others because of what what you have carved out. We are on a quest of being something for God. I'm looking for some good land. I'm looking for some soil that I can plant a crop. I'm looking for some areas in which God can give to me territory. And I can plant and I can build a vineyard. And all of these steps are important. Vineyards were desirable. I'm, I'm going to ask you tonight, what are you building? What are you building? What are you working on? What does your vineyard look like? God says, what more could I have done because I created this vineyard? And it's something that is desirable. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse number 10, God gives a description of the place he was taking the Hebrews. And he said, verse 10 of chapter 6, it shall be when the Lord thy God have brought you into the land which he swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, houses full of good things which thou filled not, and wells digged which you dig not, vineyards and olive trees which you planted not. When you have eaten and you are full, beware lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. A vineyard was something that was desirable. Ahab wanted Naboth's vineyard. And his wife Jezebel went through the process of murdering Naboth to get his vineyard. Vineyards were desirable. Naboth recognized this vineyard has been in the family a long time. I've worked hard to do all the things and, and meet all the conditions for what a prized possession of a vineyard is supposed to be. And Ahab desired that. In Deuteronomy, God is talking about the children of Israel and how he plants them into a land puts them into a land in which all they have to do is care for the vineyard. And he says, when you get there, don't forget the God that brought you to this place. And in this passage of scripture tonight that we have read, we are talking about the ability on our part to be involved in the kingdom of God to where we are the ones that are creating for ourselves spiritual vineyards in which God is able to use us and he blesses it so that we can be a blessing to other people. God is talking about in Deuteronomy the work that he has put into making Israel his vineyard. Our text passage, the purpose of the vineyard is not only to benefit the owner, but you're building a, a vineyard so that what is produced out of it can be a blessing to other people. This is very foundational and is grounded in Deuteronomy chapter 24 and verse 21. When you gather the grapes of your vineyard, you shall not glean it afterward. It shall be for the stranger 
for the fatherless and for the widow. And thou shalt remember that thou wast a bondman in the land of Egypt. Therefore, I command thee to do these things. That's a reference to Israel being the vine that God plants. And he removes them from Egypt and he plants them into a promised land. Psalm 80 and verse number 8, that thou hast brought a vine out of Egypt. Thou hast cast out the heathen and planted it. Thou prepares room before it, and you cause it to take deep root, and it filled the land. The symbolism of everything that I've said so far directs us to the notion of a vineyard being a desirable thing. And these are some of the questions I want to ask you tonight. What are you working on if we are supposed to be building a vineyard? God has called us to create a vineyard. And you have the opportunity to be a blessing to other people through the work of your vineyard. We need to put our hands to the plow. We need to start building some things and tending some things in God's vineyard so that there is a crop that is produced. And what is produced, we're able to bless others because of what God has allowed us to build. I'm building something. In the house of God. Praise God. What are you working on? What are you building? Now I want to talk to you about some key elements of the vineyard. Finding the right soil. What did it say in the very beginning? It said, my well-beloved has a vineyard in a very fruitful hill. You've got to find the right soil. This is a representation of of believing in God and saying, I've looked at a lot of different soils and I've been sold a bill of goods by a lot of real estate agents telling me there's some good soil over here. And when I went over there and bought it, I found it wasn't good soil. It didn't produce the nutrients that was needed. As a matter of fact, it was a con job. It was a marketing scheme. The soil of the world didn't produce and provide to me. It only lied to me. It wasn't good soil. Anybody hearing what I'm talking about here? I bought into that real estate. I ended up with addictions and dysfunctions and troubles and difficulty that told me this is not good soil. And so I started looking for something else. I looked for some soil that I could plant my life in. I looked for some real estate that I could build some things. And I had a belief and understanding in God that there was soil to be had. Now, you just can't go out and say, well, there's a hillside that's fruitful. It's good soil, but there's some work that has to be done. And in order for you to have a vineyard, we're talking about building a vineyard. We're all building vineyards. And we're building things, and we found some soil. I found some good soil. It's the soil of Jesus Christ. And it produces the nutrients that I need. Anybody hearing what I'm saying? Anybody picking up what I'm laying down here? Praise God. I'm tired of the world, but I found something better. Hallelujah. One particular passage of Scripture talked about a man that said the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that was hid in a field, the which when a man found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth everything that he had, and he bought the field. He walked away from everything because he recognized there's good soil here, and there's a treasure in this soil. I'm willing to walk away from everything. I'll walk away from money, houses, career. It doesn't matter. I'll walk away from family and friends, but there's some soil here. There's a field here that I'm going to put my confidence in because I recognize it's the real thing and it's the real deal. But there's some rocks and there's some terracing that has to be done. If you're going to build a vineyard, you're going, to have to, you're going to have to remove the rocks out of the soil in order to make it soil that you can plant. You can't just walk in there and start throwing seed around because the rocks have to be removed. That's difficult work. That's hard work. But I'm telling you, if you do the hard work of the vineyard business, you're going to be blessed. 
digging the rocks out and terracing things. Why are we terracing things? Because when you terrace things, you keep the erosion away, and when the water comes, it stays where it needs to stay instead of running off. Then, if you provide some gutters, you can create cisterns that collect the water. I'm talking about building a vineyard. You know what digging rocks out is like? When you have faith and you have belief that God is God is much better than anything the enemy has ever given to me. I wish I had. I know tonight I'm, I'm, I'm preaching, okay? I'm teaching, but I'm also preaching, and so I'm needing some response here. Holy Ghost is in this place, but I'm, I'm looking for somebody to say, I can testify yeah, I planted myself in the soil of the world, and all it brought me was destruction. But thank God I found some true soil in the house of God. I found the work of God, the faith of God. I planted myself here, and there's a blessing that comes. You know what digging the rocks out and terracing is representative and symbolic of? It's symbolic of repentance. There's some things you're going to have to dig out of your heart and out of your life. There's some rocks and things in your life that you're going to have to remove. You're going to have to say, I'm walking away from an old path, an old lifestyle. I'm turning a 180. I'm going a different direction. I'm walking to the beat of a different drum. I'm following the Redeemer. I'm following the one that died for me. I'm walking away from the deceiver. I'm leaving the things of the world and the devil. I'm trusting in God. And so I'm going to dig up some rocks because there's some rocks there. When you came to God, there was soil. It was impacted with a lot of things, and you, you found an altar of repentance, and you started digging up some of those things and removing some of those rocks so that there would be soil. You started terracing some things, and that takes a lot of work, but it's worth it. You can't get a vineyard if you don't do the work of clearing the field. Too many folks nowadays want the blessing without the work. Oh, hello, somebody. Hello, hello, hello. Too many people nowadays want a vineyard <laughs> without digging the rocks out. I'm telling you what, when you dig the rocks out, you appreciate the vineyard. When you terrace the hills to make sure there's no erosion and there's a proper water supply, it means more to you. That's why we've done a disservice to too many people in the Christian world by easy believism in which they think they can just believe, but they don't do the hard work of removing all the rocks out of the soil. It's hard work, but I'm telling you, there's a blessing in it. Luke chapter 24 and verse 47, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem, removing the rocks. Acts chapter 3 and verse 19, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. There's some rock removal that has to take place. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some men count slackness, but his long suffering to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Everybody needs to repent. It's a part of the gospel. Everybody needs to dig the rocks out. Everybody's building a vineyard. You got to dig some rocks out. You got to terrace some things. One of the wonders of the world that I had a privilege to experience was Machu Picchu in Peru up at, the, at an elevation that's like 11, 12,000 feet above sea level. And, and you look at this and you wonder how in the world this is an ancient civilization and there are intricate terraces built all over the place. And then you, you know what I started to notice? This is what's, man, this is really good. This is powerful. When people say, well, what good would it do for me to repent? Well, when you start digging the rocks out, right, and you start removing the rocks, part of the vineyard is you got to create a boundary. You're going to create a boundary around your vineyard. When you dig the rocks out, you take the rocks and you build the boundaries and you build the terraces up. 
up. I'm telling you, there's power in repentance. There's a value in repentance. Don't ever think I've repented and that's a negative. Think I've repented and that is a positive because I can use, I can use those stones. This means you got to dig out the stones and you got to terrace the hillside and you got to break up the ground. But you can use the stones that you dig to build a wall around the vineyard. And terracing decreases erosion and runoff and the water lasts longer. And then you can channel things so that the water runs into the cistern so that you've got a supply. I'm, I'm talking about every single one of us building a vineyard. The song of the vineyard has all of these elements in what we need in living for God. So you got to find the right soil. Now what do you do? Now that you got the rocks moved, you got things terraced, you got to plant a crop in the soil. I'm asking you what you're doing. I want you to turn to your neighbor and I want you to ask him, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you building? What are you building? You start planting the crop in the soil. You plant the crop, you plant the seed in the soil. Romans chapter 6 and verse number 4 says, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. This is why it's important that you're baptized in Jesus' name. Because you're buried with, you're buried in the soil, that's good soil. You're buried in the soil, in the name that's above every name. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Planting the seed is identifying with Jesus of the soil, and you're planting something there. planted in Christ it's the soil that we found anybody excited about the soil that you found what he said my beloved had a vineyard and it was in good soil it was it was good it was good it was good you got something good baby you got some soil that is valuable and so you plant the seed you plant the seed in Christ second Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21 now he which establishes us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God. Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. When you get the soil and you did the rocks out, you start planting the seed of being in Christ. I've been living in the devil. And that didn't produce much but briars and thickets and thorns. But now I'm planting in Christ. And when I'm planting in Christ and I've identified with Christ and I'm planting in Christ, there's some stuff coming up here that's a blessing and a value to me. All of a sudden, I'm experiencing joy, unspeakable and full of glory. Now I'm experiencing peace. Planting myself in Christ. Praise God. Second Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 14. Now thanks be unto God which always causeth us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. When I plant in Christ, it brings triumph. It's a crop that starts coming up. And so where the enemy had my number before and seemed to defeat me at every turn when I'm planting in Christ triumph comes 
2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Now, uh, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. When you're planting in Christ, old things pass away and all things become new. I found the soil. I removed all the stones. I terraced the land. And now I'm planting in Christ. I'm planting the seed. And the crop that is going to come forth is going to be a blessing. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith and that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we think or ask according to the power that worketh in us. What are you doing? I'm planting in Christ. I found the soil. I'm planting the seeds of God's magnificent ability in my life. It's going to bring blessing. Praise God. You've got to plant some things. Oh, I'm preaching tonight. This, 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 this is a home run stuff right here. And if you don't think so, you better get out in the vineyard and start... You, you, better take measure of the, you better take measure of the soil and what you've been planting. You, you better make sure that everything's in place, the watchtower, the walls around it. Because if you're not careful, it can allow itself to decay, degrade, and run aground. We are building something for the kingdom of God. I'm planting something. What else do I need to do? A song vineyard I need to build a wine press and a cistern they're closely related the Holy Ghost I need to build a wine press because when I glean the crops that I planted I need somewhere to store them I'm thinking about what I planted and the harvesting of it and then the storage of it and then the ability to bless others with it. And cisterns are important as well because I need a water supply. Mm. A lot of passages of scripture that talk about the grapes being trodden out. Jesus talking about you can't put new wine in old bottles. There's a direct reference to the blood of Jesus Christ that is powerful. I'm telling you, if you're going to build a modern-day vineyard, you need the blood of Jesus Christ in operation there. And you also need to make sure you got a cistern that when the water runs into it, there's a well that you can draw waters of salvation out of. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, we're not talking about broken cisterns. We're talking about cisterns in which the water runs in. Jesus said the well is like a river springing up into everlasting life. When the Holy Ghost is at operation, you got an opportunity to go to the well and say, there's always water here. I can always draw from these waters. Holy Ghost is still powerful and it's available. It will never, ever, 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 ever run out. I can renew the Holy Ghost every time, every single day. I can renew the Holy Ghost. If I need an experience in God and I've failed and I've come up short, there is the blood of Jesus Christ because in this vineyard there is a wine press and there's blood available every time I need it. I can go to God and know that he's going to respond to me. You need a well and you need a cistern. a wine press in the vineyard. Matthew chapter 26 and 28, Jesus said, for this is my blood of the New Testament which is shed for many for the remission of sin. If you're building a vineyard, you need a wine press. You need a sister. Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 3, therefore with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. I need a source of the Holy Ghost and the blood of Calvary. I'm going to cultivate it. I'm going to store it. I'm going to bless others through it. And God's going to produce a crop of blessing. 
the song of the vineyard. God said, what more could I have done? I did everything. I, I, I hope I'm getting through to you because every single one sitting on these church people, you're building a vineyard. You are building a vineyard. I thought we were just coming to church and that's all there was to it. No, God called you to do more than just come sit on a pew. He called you to build a vineyard and, and all the elements need to be in the vineyard. And that takes work. It takes hard work. That's why we're here tonight, because we're working on the vineyard. It's going to produce a, a crop of blessing. Now, what else do I need to do? Well, according to the song of the vineyard, and God saying, I'm, I, I put all this in place, what more could I have done? He also says, after you find the soil, and then you have the right seed to plant in the soil, And you build a wine press and you create cisterns so that you've got a water supply and you've got the ability to harvest, store, and disseminate. You gotta protect that. You gotta protect it. I'm asking you tonight, is that of value to you? Is the vineyard valuable to you? You know, I want to have a good spirit and I want to be right. But let me tell you something. Somebody starts coming into my vineyard. There should be some righteous indignation that rises up in me and some conviction that says, wait a minute, I've worked way too hard for somebody to come in and tear this up. live for I've not been in this world for 49 years I haven't prayed prayers and built altars and worshiped God and spent time in revivals for somebody to come in and tear up the vineyard do you value what you're building there should be something that's beating in your heart that says this is something that God directed me designed me gave me opportunity I'm planted in him I'm not going to let the enemy come in and tear up the vineyard so what are you going to do then brother Brad I'll tell you what I'm going to do I'm going to take the rocks and I'm going to build a wall around the vineyard so that I can plant the crops in the vineyard and the walls will keep the animals out. Didn't Paul say that he battled with beasts in Ephesus? I think he did. He's talking about spiritual attacks. When you're building a vineyard, you're going to experience some spiritual attack. You better have some protection. You better have some boundaries in your life. And you better build the boundary before the danger. There's some things that I've got in my life that's a boundary, not because it's a heaven or hell issue. I just don't want the danger getting real, real close. I want to build something there and create a boundary so that it's not a problem until it's on me and it's too late. And so some boundaries are established in order to protect the soil and the crop and the wine press and the cistern and the water and the crop that's going to be produced. So I'm going to, I'm going to create a boundary around this is separation there's a separation that has to take place between the vineyard and everything on the outside of the vineyard this is what holiness and separation is because in that wall some people don't get it and some people will never get it but within that wall what those boundaries produce is security because there're things that are valuable on the inside I didn't sweat, dig these rocks out of this dirt in this soil and build all of these walls and terraces and dig out a wine press out of stone and cisterns out of stone and not put anything up to protect the wild beasts, the animals, the marauders, the thieves, and everybody else that want to come in and steal the crop. And so I'm going to build some boundaries. Because there's security there. I mean, I, we can go off on a tangent, but you, you got boundaries in your family. Why? 
Why do you have boundaries in your family? And why do your kids know that there are boundaries? There's some things that, that we can we can access and there's some things we cannot access. The reason they're there is because ultimately what you're trying to provide is security. It's not just gonna leave this wide open for anything just to wander in and trample over what we're trying to do. Now, if you let, if you, if you're allowing that to take place and to happen and the thieves are breaking in and stealing, it's because you're not doing your job in the work of the vineyard. God called you to build a vineyard and you don't value the crops and everything else that's in the vineyard. I'm telling you tonight, we should recognize and understand we are building something. We're building a vineyard and it's the song of the vineyard. It's the walls that we build. Titus said there's an importance to create a clear and distinct boundary for the grace of God, chapter 2 and verse 11, hath the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. I don't want creatures coming in and I don't want elements that would harm or destroy the growing crop to come in. It's much like Abraham when he gave a sacrifice. He gave a sacrifice, he made a commitment before God and he put the meat on the altar and the fowls of the air came in and started trying to, to eat and, and pick at the sacrifice. The Bible says Abraham took a he took something into his hand and he beat off the fowls of the air all night. Why? Because he was saying, I'm, made, I'm making a commitment. There's a boundary here. And so the song, the song of the vineyard has clear demarcation. But it's not that I only, it's not that a wall is the only thing that is necessary. I need in the vineyard, I need a higher position to observe beyond the boundaries. <laughs> Isn't that what God said? How much more could I have done? I, I, I did all that I could do. How much more could I have done? I created all these things, and he said, I've built a tower. And so in the vineyard, you have to build a tower. It's a watchtower. It, it's elevated to the point where you can see out over the boundaries. And the reason for that is so that you could guard, you could be watchful, you could see enemy and thieves coming from afar off, you could send out the notice, you had the ability to rise above the minutia and see the bigger picture. And so the tower provided an elevated position. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 10 says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower, the righteous runneth into it and find safety. There's safety in the tower. There's, there's greater vision in the tower because when I get in the tower and I'm looking up above things, I can see the danger. Where are my children in the vineyard? I can climb up in the tower and I can look. How is the harvest going in my vineyard? I can climb up in the tower and see. Where are the workers in the vineyard? I can look for them from the tower. Where shall I rest with some sense of protection? In the tower. Where shall I store our supplies? In the protection of the tower. Where can I collect my thoughts and pray? I can climb up the tower. Where should my children go when bears enter into the vineyard? I can go into the tower. If intruders enter, where is the safest place for us to withstand them? The safest place in the vineyard was the vineyard high tower because the tower is strength. The the tower is visibility. The tower is protection. And there is a strong theme of the tower of the Lord. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. It's the name of Jesus that gives me an elevated position. It's the anointing of God that allows me to see the danger outside the walls of the vineyard.
song is a tremendous picture of what God desires to do with us. Yet what happens in this passage of Scripture? These are all the things that God desires to do with us. God says, what more could I have done? I, I did everything to produce a perfect vineyard. And he said, wherefore, when I looked that it should bring forth grapes, it brought forth wild grapes. And so his response was, if you would put that up there, if you would, Isaiah chapter 5, verse 4, 5. And now go to, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge thereof, and it shall be eaten up. And break down the wall thereof, and it shall be trodden down. And I will lay it waste. It shall not be pruned nor digged. But there shall come up briars and thorns. And I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. This is a Trojan horse story. It parallels the story of Nathan and the prophet. A Trojan horse story is the reader, the reader is already casting judgment, not realizing that they are the ones being judged. That's what a Trojan horse story is. In, in, the, in the case of Nathaniel and David, you know the story. David had sinned with Bathsheba, went through a whole long list of things that he did wrong, terribly wrong sent Uriah out in the front lines, indirectly murdered him, blew up a family, blew up a home, created all kinds of problems, and Nathan the prophet comes to him and tells him a little story about two men that were in a city. One was rich and one was poor, and the rich man had many flocks and herds, and the poor man had nothing except one little tiny ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished. And there came a traveler unto the rich man, and Instead of sparing from the rich man's flock, he took this one little ewe from this poor man and he dressed it and he fed it to the traveler. David's anger was so greatly kindled against the man. He said to Nathan, as the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. And Nathan pointed the finger at him and said, thou art the man. It was a Trojan horse. David was hearing the story and he was already casting judgment not realizing that he was the one in the story. And in the song of the vineyard, everybody that's building a vineyard, every, everybody that knows anything about vineyards in the ancient world would be reading this story of Isaiah saying, God, you've done everything to provide a great vineyard. You've done everything that you can And yet it's at the end, in the last verse, in which God reveals who the vineyard is. Verse number seven. The vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel and the men of Judah, his pleasant plant. He looked for judgment, but behold, oppression for righteousness, but behold, a cry. He looked for true measures, but what he got was a massacre. He looked for the right things, but what he found was riots. And so he said, there's, there's going to be no rain. There's, there's going to be a decimation of the vineyard, which reverts back to the situation in the beginning before mercy was there. What was your life like before you started building a vineyard? There were no boundaries. There were no walls. Everything that you, every, the, the soil wasn't any good. What you planted into the soil, everything that came up, God said what's going to come up are briars and brambles and thistles. I'll break apart the cisterns and the wells. This is describing what we were like before we 
we came to God and found the soil that was rich and before we did all the work. And then he said, there's going to be no rain. Man, we need rain. I need rain because the rain is what's going to fill the cistern. I, I need rain because that's what's going to produce the crops. rain for the seed to grow. I need the rain of revival, a rain of anointing. What am I doing? I'm building a vineyard. That's what I'm doing. This is the song of the vineyard. I don't want to revert back to what I once was. I don't want to revert back to this story in which at the ending, I realized the vineyard is my vineyard. No, I want to put my, I want to tend the garden. I want to make sure the walls are, are what they need to be. I want to make sure the wine press is working properly. I want to make sure that the water is flowing. And then God, would you let the heavens open up and would you let it rain, let it rain. I'm telling you, you individually are building a vineyard. This church is building a vineyard. Every single one of us are working workers in the vineyard. We we need the rain to fall, but we have to make sure that there's there's a crop that is planted and there's water that's flowing and there's a, a wine press and there's walls and, and there's a tower and there is safety so that we can draw others in and say, there's a blessing here in this vineyard. We have ample supply to provide and give to you. God, let it not be so that there is no rain to where things dry up and there is no Holy Ghost flowing and then there, there is no blood of Calvary flowing. I'm telling you, there should be an urgency on our part to make sure that there is a song of the vineyard and we can stand with God and say, what more could we have done? We've done everything that we were supposed to do, God. We better have a burden for the vineyard. We better have the same burden that God had for the vineyard that was so distressed when he got to the end and he said, I came for right measures and all I got was a massacre. I came looking for right things and all I got was a riot. I'm going to dry up the heavens. There's not going to be any. I'm going to tear down every boundary and every wall. There should be something burning on the inside of each and every one of us in 2019 that says if we don't have a vineyard, what do we have? If we don't have a strong tower that's a refuge, what do we have? And the purpose of all of that is so that we can bless. I said so that we could bless. We're not in this vineyard so that we can reap all the harvest and all the benefits. The vineyard is there at our disposal so that we could reach others who have said, I'm looking for some good soil. Is there any food? Is there any sustenance? Is there any water? Is there any wine that can bring healing to me? Everything we do should be around is the vineyard in its proper perspective. I want to tell you tonight, sir and ma'am, if you're looking for good soil, God's going to provide you good soil. He's going to provide you the ability to plant in Christ some things that are a crop that's going to grow. The enemy will say and may say, nothing's going to happen here. There's not going to be any fruitfulness grow out of this. I'm telling you, I defy that spirit of the devil in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, God's got blessing for your life. Just start digging out the rocks, terracing things. It takes hard work, but there is great, great blessing in it. And God's going to produce the rain. We stand together tonight. Let it rain, Lord. Let it rain. No 
rain means there's no crops. There's nothing that produces. God, let it rain. Let there be an abundance of rain that fills up the cisterns, provides watering to the soil. Please, God, I wonder tonight if there's anybody hungry for some rain tonight. Anybody wondering... What can I do as laborers in the vineyard to make sure that everything is taken care of? Walk around the walls, walk into the town, observe everything, work in the fields, be laborers in the fields, make sure that things are harvested, bring the crop in and make sure other people can, can be blessed because of the rain that God is pouring out among us. Praise God, praise God, let it rain, Lord. Let it rain, Lord, let it rain. Praise God. I wonder if there's anybody in the house of God tonight that has a burden to make sure that the song of the vineyard continues. God, we want you to know that the song of the vineyard, it's going to continue because... <laughs> We're still doing everything that we can. We're still doing everything we can to make sure that the vineyard is in operation. That there's still a... Come on, somebody pray for your vineyard. for your vineyard, Lord, let it rain. Song of the vineyard. 